Hi everyone, John Clare here, and welcome to episode 24 of the EvoFi podcast, a finance podcast for humans. Our guest today is Brian Gay, president of Boomer Insurance Group. As some of you may recall, Brian was our guest way back on episode 9, where we discussed the ABCs of Medicare, as I like to say. And as one of our most listened to episodes, and being a topic that we discuss pretty much every day during our day jobs as financial planners, we decided it would be great to have him back to continue the conversation. As you'll see, Brian really knows his stuff, is really passionate about his work and helping people make decisions in an area where there isn't always a lot of information easily digestible or really places to find good, honest help. Yet, it's a huge decision for most people as they approach age 65. So our attempt today in the podcast is to really break it down into practical steps and essentially create a timeline that could be easily followed by someone approaching Medicare age to basically know what to do and when to do it. Representing the EvoFi team today is myself, Dave O'Brien, Mariami Pierce, and features a late tag-in from Cecilia Fleming, as Dave had to catch a plane midway through the podcast. If you're not already a subscriber to the podcast, please subscribe. You can find us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can check us out on Twitter or Instagram at EvoFi Podcast, or shoot us a line at EvoFiPodcast at gmail.com. As a reminder, this podcast is 100% free of any tax, legal, or investment advice. Our goal here is education and some fun, too. If you need advice in any of the areas mentioned, tailored to your specific circumstances, feel free to give us a call and we'll see how we can help. Now let's get to the podcast. Here's the full EvoFi team talking with Brian Gay. Enjoy. Welcome back, Brian Gay of Boomer Insurance Group. Thank you for fitting us into your busy schedule. Thanks for having me. Now, explain to us, uh, I know you were telling us before the podcast about your uh, schedule these days. So just to give the listeners an idea of how busy it is in the life of Medicare specialists around this time of year. Oh, my gosh. So the bags under my eyes, I'm lucky that they can't see those. So um, this is my 75th consecutive day of working absolutely no less than 12 to 16 hour days. So my day usually starts at 3 a.m. and ends around midnight. And that's Monday through Monday, actually. So it's seven <laughs> days a week. And when does that end? Um, I thought it was December 7th. Yeah, for most people, um, it ends on December the 7th. So the people who are currently in Medicare, most of those people have to make decisions before December the 7th, Pearl Harbor Day. Um, but for me, it's kind of like a bomb goes off every single year, and I have to triage people. So there's a whole lot of people who have to make those uh, decisions before December the 7th, which I have to bandage them up and get them back into the real world. But then I have to push the other people off who don't need to get things done before December the 7th. Those are people like who are retiring as of January 1st or February 1st, or they're aging in, they're turning 65 in February, March, April. I can push those people off so I can help all the other people ahead of time. Okay. This time for the Evo 5, and you are our first repeat guest Uh-oh. who's going to go through the Evo 5. Oh, my goodness. I think we've had repeat guests before, but they were like the pressure. Like, uh, co-guests and so somehow they got out of the evo 5 neil patel um so for those of you who don't know the evo 5 is a way to get to know our guests before we get into the nitty-gritty of 
uh, their day jobs and their, le- their expertise. And so, Brian, I've changed them. Uh, you may not recognize they're not the same five from last time. Nope, nope. I um, was so prepared for We're going to have five. a little bit of fun. We're going to test some beta questions on you. Okay. And we'll keep it short and sweet because I know you've got an appointment. Um, what profession other than your own would you like to attempt? Attempt? Ooh. Um, probably say anything. Right anything. Now, right? Yeah, no kidding. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Sleeping would be wonderful. Yeah. Is that a profession? <laughs> um, so if I – it's one of those things, if I had to do it all over again – um, number one, I love my job. I think it's a, probably the best job in the world. But I would, I would probably look at being a dermatologist. Matter of fact, I'd probably go okay. into dermatology. You know, I have to ask why. Um, why? Well, because of um, overall quality of life. Because I am very fortunate to know a lot of physicians, um, friendly wise, not you know medically wise. But um, the dermatologists, they make a good income. Yeah. But they work Monday through Friday, nine to five kind of things. Lifestyle. They have all the people so from a baby with diaper rash all the way up to a geriatric person Mm -hmm. you know with bed sores they see the whole entire gamut so they got a big customer base they don't take any call so they're not rushed to a hospital like an orthopedic surgeon and they just have regular business hours so it's a pretty cool profession okay is that like Dr. Pimple Popper? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, man. You could have a yeah. TV show, too. Yeah, that's right. That's a TV show, by the way. But People watch anything. But you have to be okay with that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. I would yeah. so fail at that. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, I'm good with any out. of that kind of stuff. Um, okay. What is your least favorite word? Oh, my gosh. Um, oh, I already know. I know that one. Can't. Okay. People get the word can't confused with won't mm-hmm. all the time. I don't like can't. Yeah. There's a big difference. Like, you really could do a lot of things. You won't do them because you don't want to do them, but the word can't, you can do a lot of things. So I think that's great advice, actually. I think that's great advice. And we've not gotten that one before. Of course, this is the first time we've asked that question. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be hard to top that one. Oh, man, that's funny. Um, What would you do differently if you knew that no one would judge you? What would I do differently? I'll tell you what I would do the same is I used to pass people on the shoulder. Um, so You're that guy. Oh, man. <laughs> really? I got – I got uh, driving is the biggest waste of time. So a long time ago – see, I'm from Oklahoma. So remember, every road well, in Oklahoma is flat. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can see to Kansas mm-hmm. in Oklahoma. So all the roads are just straight as an arrow. It's not like the paved deer trails you guys call roads out here. So what ends up happening <laughs> is with these roads – you can, I mean, the shoulder is just another lane. You can go right on by people. At but highway speed. At highway speed. Now, you get pulled over for that. So I won't do that anymore. But if I could and nobody would judge me or give me a ticket, I would absolutely pass people on the shoulder. Can I ask a follow-up question? <laughs> sure. <laughs> so at, at what speed would you typically do this shoulder Ooh, passing? This is not a good, that was not a good follow-up question. There's no question. law enforcement. <laughs> so, yeah. So, just curious. Um, so I've always had a pretty large pickup truck. I figured you might. Yeah, mm-hmm. but then I also had a an old school Camaro. Of course. Red of course. Dragon. Yep, yep. So it was this real pretty burgundy color and that was quite easily to go around people over a three digit number. So three digit. Yeah, so we'd go 120, 130, 140 oh down the highway <laughs> and you kind of need to use the shoulder because when you're passing people at a difference of 40 or 50 miles an hour, it's like passing a parked car. Why wouldn't you pass on the left? I did. Just curious. Oh. Yeah, the shoulder on the left. Okay. <laughs> the shoulders on the left, shoulders on the right. Okay. But the problem is if, if people weren't 
getting over or and by the time you're coming up on them that fast then yeah. they don't even know that you're there so okay. you just have to go around them okay so it's jungle <laughs> rules in oklahoma <laughs> all right yeah well there, there are rules that i just got i'm sure brian is all grown up now and doesn't do i do anymore. i do not have any sports car and i drive my truck like a grandpa so i'm gonna be <laughs> I, i'm very and i've learned to leave ahead of time yeah. so i don't have to speed i have not been pulled over in many many years we've all learned our lessons yes age and wisdom <laughs> <laughs> what is your happiest childhood memory? Oh gosh. And what makes it so special? Oh man. God, I had a great upbringing. Um I had a lot of happy memories. Let's see. So, um I was raised by my grandmother. So, um so many good happy memories with her. So she was 68 years old when she took all four of us actually. Um I was 6 months old, so I was the favorite. But um <laughs> there was my brother at three years old. I was six months old. My sister was 10. My oldest sister was 13. So she was pretty sweet and cool. She was a single mom at 75. But I would say one happy memory, but also a memorable memory was we used to go to Sunday school every single Sunday. So we'd go to big church and after big church, we'd go to Sunday school. And after Sunday school, we would come and we'd meet my grandmother's class which keep in mind, these people are in their 70s and 80s and 90s. And when the door would open, we would walk in and her entire Sunday school class, we would give every single person, it was all ladies, it was only women, um, but we would give every single one of those ladies a hug, my brother and me. And one day we get into the car and we had one of three choices for lunch. It was Golden Corral, a Chinese food buffet, or this place called Mazio's Pizza. So that was one of three places we did get to go. So anyways, we're getting in the car, and my grandmother turns around, and she says, you, you guys know Mrs. Mock, M-O-C-K, Mrs. Mock, Ruth Mock. We said, yes, ma'am, we, we know Mrs. Mock. And she said, you know, she didn't feel good. She hadn't felt good all week. She's 82 years old. She's been pretty well under the weather, and she's been sick. She did not want to come to Sunday school, but she told me during Sunday school class that the only reason why she decided to come out today was to get a hug because she knew she was going to get those hugs. So when you think of things, when you're talking to people, then it's amazing, especially older adults. They don't really get to talk to very many people. It's not like they go to a job. So that human interaction is important, but what's most important is touch is scratching a back giving them a hug i mean that's the only hug she got all week hmm. so i'd say that's probably one of my fondest memories that's a great one yeah can i get a hug after this oh i take <laughs> hugs i told my wife one day i came home from work she goes how was how was your day yeah. and i said i i probably got like five or six hugs today yeah. i know I'm going to start judging my day by how, how many, many hugs <laughs> I get in one day. A hugometer. That's right. It is a hugometer. It's the greatest thing. I think, that, I, I think thing. that says a lot about you, too, so I think that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Final one. I know you've been dreading this oh, one. Oh, man. All right. This is the Name That Tune section. Oh, my phone. Look, I got to go. Ah, no phone to <laughs> friend. All right. So uh, this, is in, this is supposed to be in the vein of the podcast. Now, uh, uh, this may be a loose, a loose uh, link to the podcast, but I'm going to go with it. I okay. think – this one really kind of uh, speaks to the spirit or the esprit de corps of the <laughs> folks that you deal with. Okay. Okay. Uh-oh. And you can tell me if that was a good description or not. All right, Brian. Here you go. Tonight I'm going to have myself a real good time. I feel alive. And the world. 
Oh my gosh, I am so terrible at this. Partial credit if you can name the band. Oh, I can't name any mm. part of that. Um, I was going to say, gosh, I was going to say the Beach Boys, but that's absolutely not right. But um, Absolutely not right. No. But, but same... Billy Idol. No. Close. Not. Uh, One more try. Billy Joel? Billy something. All right, maybe. somebody put Brian out of his misery. Oh, it's painful. Anybody? Queen. Cece knows. Do you know it? Queen. 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 Don't stop me now. Don't stop me oh now. Oh my gosh, I am terrible at this. That's all right. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Great. They, Brian, Brian Gay with the phone a friend. Uh, <laughs> Thanks. But I think that you know, in all seriousness, I mean, people that we deal with every day who are going through this part of their life, you know, it used to be that this was kind of like the start of the downhill. Oh man, part of, right? the and greatest it's, part of it life. It is so not that. Oh man, it's the and greatest. And sometimes it's, they're just hitting their stride, and I think that the song just came to mind for me. Uh, and uh, I'm guessing you see that every day. Every day. Do, so. 65 is a new 45. Yeah. Yeah, well, good. So I'm like a teenager. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, Brian, thank you very much uh, for the Evo 5. Um, <clears throat> so let me preface this with last time you were here, we talked about the ABCs of Medicare, mm-hmm. as I affectionately called it, Medicare 101. So I think we touched on... What is part A, part B, C, D, all that supplements and so forth? And in our daily work, we get a lot of questions from clients on, well, how does it actually like work for me? What are the things I have to do every year? You know, annual open enrollment is one. So we thought this would be a good one to talk to people about how it affects them specifically. So there were three groups that I'd like to talk about. One is people who are pre-65, right? So what are the things they need to do in advance to be prepared? Then it's like, okay, I'm 65, what do I do? That initial enrollment period to get set up. And then it's the ongoing maintenance and the choices that they're going to have to make. I suspect that'll be in the open enrollment period and stuff like that. So, Well, John, you were also asking, like, you know, I'm not 65, but my spouse is. Right. Which is I, I, a lot of folks fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, so let's, let's just start off. I mean, unless anyone's got a better starting off point, let's talk about um, – that particular situation. So a lot of folks that we work with are the, the oldest spouse is hitting 65. Mm-hmm. And so they're, um, and let's assume that they're, neither of them are working. Okay. All right. So the first spouse goes on Medicare. Talk a little bit about um, when that second spouse is too young for Medicare. You know, uh, what is the discussion you have with them and recommendation wise, what should they be thinking about? Well, so if you're under the age of 65 or maybe one person is 65 and the other one's coming up on 65 and all that kind of jazz. So first and foremost, I'm going to make sure and see if I can catch them before they retire. Because if I can catch them before they retire, then I can walk them through things. For instance, like COBRA coverage, because a lot of people get confused with COBRA coverage. They think, oh, well, if my wife is the breadwinner and she's working and, and I'm on her group plan, well, if I come off of the group plan because she retires, well, then what am I going to do for health insurance? What is she going to do for health insurance? Well, if she's a little older than me and she can get onto Medicare, she's fine, Mm -hmm. but I might need health insurance. So I'm going to try and look at COBRA coverage first. The reason I'm going to try COBRA coverage first is because usually it's fantastic coverage. It's not cheap, but it's, it's really good coverage. Have. It's what right. I already You're have. Already familiar with it. And it's going to last an extra 18 months. So if I can bridge the gap, what if what if she's only 8 months older than me or 12 months older than me or 18 months older than me? I just sat down with somebody a couple of days ago and they 
he was coming off. He's 65, actually 66. His wife is 64, turning 65 in May. And he goes, well, I'm thinking about retiring. I said, well, don't retire until January, February, March of this coming year because your wife can get on COBRA. She can COBRA those 18 months until May 1st when her Medicare will start. So she can be on COBRA. He can be on Medicare. They can ride off into the sunset, and she can have really good coverage, all being not cheap, Mm -hmm. but at least she can stay on a really good plan on COBRA. That's a great strategy. I don't think many people really think about that, do they? It's like, you know, I'm going to have to go on the ACA and, Mm -hmm. and shop. Right. And especially they don't think because they think, the employee has to keep COBRA for me to be on COBRA. And that's not true. Everything with COBRA is independent of each other. So if you have good coverage right now through your spouse's employment, you might be paying a little bit more than if you go onto the exchange. Yet you get to keep the same doctor, you get to keep the same card, everything's the same for the next 18 months. Right. Good planning idea. And the Medicare doesn't cover dental insurance. So if we're all leaving, I can still cobra my dental. I can cobra my vision. And if I don't want the medical and I want the dental, I'll just cobra my dental and ditch the vision. It's also a good time for them to talk with those um, providers of uh, vision and dental care in case anything needs to happen in the next uh, two years. Maybe they could do it during the next 18 months while they're still covered. Exactly right. Are there any exclusions to that? to that COBRA 18-month rule or caveats where, where that doesn't apply in your experience, or is it a broad rule? No, broad rule. Okay. That's just how it works. Okay. Yep. So that's a good planning tip. I know we've done that a couple times for folks that we worked with in our day job. Uh, I don't know if it came from you or not, but it, it probably did, so what a great tip. So, Okay, so we've got that pretty much covered. So your pre-65, 18-month window prior to that, stay on COBRA. I would say one more thing about yeah, that. Now, it. the other issue is what if you don't, what if you run out of COBRA? Like if my yeah. wife is three years younger than me, well, then if you have a really good financial advisor, this comes into play because your financial advisor can work with trying to manipulate the income numbers so that an Affordable Care Act plan could work better. And I'm, you guys might have done that before, possibly. Well, it's come up. It's yeah, so up. I would say manipulate probably is a poor choice of words. I would say, <laughs> well, um, that's not based on assets. It's based on income, right? Income. So yeah. plan income around different uh, subsidies and so forth. Which exactly I saw right. an article on this recently, which is a great point, is there are ways to do that, mm-hmm. which is a great point. It just means that we all need to be cognizant of how income impacts your um, yep. health care premiums when you're on the ACA. Big that's time. That's something that people just need to remember. Big time. Yep. All right, so what are the things? So we've, we've got the, the gap covered at a very high level because I think that covers most people up to 65. Except for the folks like, you know, for those of our listeners who don't know John, John's 64 and his wife is 19. So you know, <laughs> doesn't cover everybody. No, no, no. Uh, Child writer. She's an old soul. Yeah. <laughs> um, December, January romance. So, so I'm not sure what that means, but we'll, we'll have to figure that out later. December is later in the year than January. The, the year is new. And under, yeah, underlying yeah. that yeah. reference that, that I'm not aware of. So Brian's just like, can I get some coffee? Just, <laughs> no, no, no. Is, I'm just like, that's going to be edited out. This is such a different experience than my normal discussion. Didn't want it edited out. Now we can say anything since it's no. edited out. Oh, no, no. We, we are here oh, to have shoot. fun. Sorry. We are here to have fun. So. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, so now let's assume we're, we're at 65, and I, I get this question a lot, or we get this question a lot, is, great, what should I be doing when? Um, 
you know, we've the feedback like is, I'm 65 now, or I'm gonna I'm be 65. I'm approaching 65, right? and I've yeah. I've heard yeah. since I'm despite what Dave says, I'm not 65. <laughs> but Just there is it. an inundation, if that's even a oh word, my gosh. of male prior yeah. to age 65. What should someone approaching 65 expect, and what are the things that they need to be doing? in advance or, you know, kind of around that time. When do they kind of get on the glide yeah. path? When do yeah. they need to know that they need to the basics. Yeah. Okay. set that heading? Well, here's the basics. So if that person who's turning 65 is still working, then more likely than not, they do not need to go on to Medicare. They don't have to go on to Medicare. It's not required to go on to Medicare. There are certain things that you should do relating to being on a group plan and turning 65, but there's also things you should not do by turning 65 and staying on a group plan. So it's all individualized. But what ends up happening when people turn 64 and a half is the floodgates open and people get absolutely bombarded with phone calls. And I don't mean a few, I mean 20 to 30 a day. They'll find your spouse's phone numbers. They'll knock on your door at home. You, the floodgates open in the mail, and all heck breaks loose. And you're thinking, how do they have this information? Trust me, there's even now an application on your telephones that look like Zillow. And I can plug, I don't, I don't have the application, but there is an application. Or the time. Yeah, <laughs> or, the, or the time. Oh, gosh, no, don't have no time. But with um, it looks like Zillow, and you can program it in to where if I drive through your neighborhood, it will tell me how many homes in this area, somebody's turning 65 in the next six months, in the next three months, all that kind of thing. And it has a little red dot, has their name, and you can walk right up on their door. Hey, Mr. Smith, how's it going? Yeah, I heard you're turning 65. I'm here to help you with your Medicare. And they're really not there to help you with your That's Medicare. That's probably how Cricket Wireless also markets. <laughs> yeah. So let's let's talk about that briefly because I wanted to talk about, like, what are the resources that people need? So 65, 64 and a half, mm-hmm. they start getting bombarded. And I would say 9.9 times out of 10, the people that we talk to during the day need help and a resource to help counsel them on all the choices. And it's not something that we know enough about to be dangerous, but we, we are not a specialist in, in Medicare. So where do people turn if people are knocking on their door? How do they know? How do they know what they need? How do they know the right person to help? And, and how do they know? Now, I, I think our listeners know when just a person, random person, comes and knocks on your door, just <laughs> don't, you know. But there are a lot of prior to turning the mics on, we were talking about, you know, the, there are like five people in this metro area who really have the depth of knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, to, to counsel folks in this area. I mean, we here in our firm run into, I mean, lots of people say, oh yeah, you know, I have a neighbor who does what you do. And <laughs> out, you know, they're a, they're, they're a broker at, you know, fill in the blank um, Wall Street firm. Mm-hmm. Um, how does somebody tell that somebody has the level of knowledge and the ethics to guide them with what's essentially a really expensive and important component of their retirement? Well, the bad news is, these people don't. There is no way to find out what the depth of knowledge is. There's no experience table. There's no credentials that anybody one has. No and credentials. No, and these credentials, um, which is sad because it, people will turn to Medicare. I argue with Medicare every single day because what they tell people sometimes is not always accurate. I argue with people at Social Security offices all the time. I recently had somebody who they went into Social Security. 
the Social Security, and I told him exactly what to do. The people at Social Security said, no, that can't be done. And the guy you're working with, me, has no idea what he's talking about. Mm, okay, so I've been doing this for a few days. So what happens is he comes back out, he calls me, and I said, look, I'm really sorry that you talked to somebody who is not a retiree from NASA, apparently, so wasn't a rocket scientist there. So I had him go back in, talk to a supervisor, tell the supervisor what just happened and what he actually needed to do. By the way, it's for his sick wife that is not well at all. So he goes back in there, talks to a supervisor, and the supervisor goes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's no problem. I'll get it all taken care of. Done. But so who do you turn to? I don't know. I wish I could find every single person who's turning 64 because if I can find everybody at 64, I could tell them what they should or should not do. Should they stay on their group plan? Should they come off of their group plan? Would it be better for them to go on to Medicare or not? You know, do they need part A? Do they need part B? What do they need or what they don't need? And I'll just tell them real quick, they're done and I can move on to the next appointment. But that person gets a legitimate expert advice. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been striking to me how, you know, much like we do retirement planning on the income side for clients where people have saved their entire life and they've had a job and now they have to turn that money into income for the rest of their life. Healthcare is, is a similar uh, experience, but the resources that are available to help on that, in that area, uh, you've basically confirmed what I've heard, which is fragmented and it's hard to tell, but yet it is almost as big of a decision and needs almost as much counsel as retirement planning. Absolutely. Um, so I'm both uh, mortified and um, refreshed at your answer um, that people need to do their homework, and probably before 64. Uh, is that what you're, you know, uh, even though you're not getting mailers yet, chances are if you've got a financial planner, you're probably talking about 65 approaching, and the sooner you can have that conversation with someone the better. Absolutely the better. Just get some ideas. I mean, education never hurt anybody. Yeah. Like, it's the lack of knowledge that does hurt people. And it's a lack of knowledge from an agent's perspective. I mean, I was telling you earlier that the the issue was, I mean, a lot of these agents don't even know what they're doing. Yeah. So that's unfortunate. How does that work? So, because uh, I think this, is, this gets back to the practicality of what people um, are looking for. Uh, let they, so they found somebody um, there's no credential necessarily, so maybe word of mouth. They've got good, someone really good or whatever. But mm-hmm. um, what is the agent's responsibility to find kind of the mm-hmm. scope of what is their job? Is it to get somebody set up on Medicare? Is it to, to sell a supplement? Pol- like what should people expect from that resource? Um, well, honesty, I would say, is probably <laughs> the first thing, um, you know, because – and, and honesty, I think, is where it starts, you know, in ethics. But, you know, then you also need an, an honest, knowledgeable person. And because all these plans are standardized plans, they pay the agent exactly the same amount of money. So no matter how you buy the plans, it's the same price for the same plan. But if you have an agent who only deals with one company, well, then that's the company you're going to buy. You know, because that's the only company that you're going to be offered. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like I drive a Toyota truck. Okay, well, guess what? I showed up to a Toyota dealership, and they sold me a Toyota. I can't believe it, right? They didn't tell me how great Dodge was, you know. (laughs) So if you call Humana, if you call Anthem, if you call these insurance companies, they're only going to be able to sell you what they have. But you got to watch out because even independent agents will tell you, well, I do these three different companies. There's over 300 plans available, and if they do three or four or five, how do you know what plan is really good for you? Mm-hmm. So, 
All right. Which then, I guess, gets to um, the perception that all of the um, Medicare supplement plans, because, like you said, they are um, you know, standard. They're they're standardized. Right. right. That, that's a federal rule or a state rule. Right. So federal. aren't all the plans the same? Like if I'm in, you know, the G or you know whatever. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's plan G is plan G. Right. Same thing, no matter what. The only difference is how much the company is going to charge you for that same thing, and then what's the history of that company's rate increases, because the rate increases are not the same across the board either. They're also not the same. People will look at a rate and they'll say, oh, well, I'm 65 years old and it's 100 bucks, but I went ahead and priced it, and at 75, it's going to be $120. <laughs> no, it's not. For the existing customers, they pay a higher rate on some of the companies because it's the old introductory offer. So it's kind of like the old, you know, uh, cable vision kind of thing. It's like, well, I saw an ad on cable vision that says a new customer gets it for a hundred bucks, but I'm paying 130 and they go, well, you're not a new customer. Well, can I get the new customer rate? No. So (laughs) all plan G's are the same as far as coverage, right? All insurance carriers offering plan G are not the same. The premiums may be different. The Increases. change in the the increase in premiums over time for existing policyholders may be different. I would imagine the. I mean, we've all had good and bad service experiences with different companies, so I would imagine that's another one of the things to to look at. A little bit. What are the other differentiators that are important? For well, people I mean, if about? you get a supplement, you still need a drug plan. Well, there's in Virginia, there's 29 different drug plans available for next year. Now, the thing with drug plans, they all work the same. They're all kind of standardized. But the way they work the same is you give an insurance company money per month, which is your monthly payment. They give you a little plastic ID card, and you take that plastic ID card to the pharmacy, and you pay copays for drugs. That's about where the similarities stop because all 29 of those plans, they have different monthly payments for their premiums. They allow you to go to different pharmacies to pick up different prescriptions at different copays. So when people say, oh, I'm just going to go on the same drug plan my husband has, I usually say, well, he probably wears the same dress you wear. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, no, he doesn't. He doesn't take the same drugs. He doesn't wear the same shoes. So he might not even go to the same pharmacy. So why would you buy a same drug plan that might not even cover his drugs? So that's a very independent and personal, you know, plan that you need to do and figure out which drug plan out of all of the drug plans available covers your drugs for the lowest cost for the year. Mm-hmm. So so does that mean that each spouse could be on a separate drug plan and a separate supplement? That's exactly how it works. Okay, so it's very custom. Very uh, custom. Approach to each of them. Yeah, when I do the big educational events and things and people will raise their hand, they go, oh, I have XYZ insurance company. They have my supplement and mm-hmm. my drug plan. I always go, let me take a wild guess. Did you call XYZ company and they sold you XYZ insurance company's insurance? Yep. Yeah. Well, well, people don't know any better. And, I, you know, no, it gets yeah. back to the, um, well, I guess I'm supposed to get a supplement, so they call whoever. And it's kind of like, you know, I keep saying what we do in our day job, but it's people just don't know, so they call the big shiny name on the building. When there are so many options out there, it really helps to take an objective approach. Or they listen first. to their friend because their friends, yeah. well, my friend has sure. figured all this out. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, very Brian's poorly. Brian's a great golfer. You should talk to him. <laughs> you should talk you to him. You don't have time for golf, I realize. Yeah, I'm probably, terrible but, with golf anyways. Um, but, okay. But, but, yeah, but that's the thing is so many people say, well, my buddy on the golf course, he bought a Humana plan, so I'm going to call Humana. Yeah. Okay, well, that's like me saying I bought a Toyota. 
but nobody knows that. Yeah, well, I don't fit in a Prius. I'm six four, so <laughs> I'm not going to buy. I'm not going to buy a Prius. That's why I drive a big truck. <laughs> Somebody should have a company in Richmond that does this. <laughs> I mean, but it's you know, it's yeah. it's one person at a time, I guess, who right. learns. But just a huge decision. So, and it's a decision that. Americans really don't get any preparation for it. Seems no. I mean, you know no. we get bombarded uh, with yeah. You know you got to save for retirement and you know college stuff. Th- this is an area where I think people just have given mm-hmm. up and said you know it's just a big messy ugly tangle of different companies, carriers, policies, coverages, and it's all expensive and and it's changing a lot. So I don't know what to do. And then they just do what John said: is they call the shiny name on the building. Mm-hmm. Mr. Sheep, meet Mr. Wolf. <laughs> Um, so I'm going to just uh, ask one question to, to kind of set this in context. And then uh, I know Dave has to go, so I want to give him – Yeah, how much time do you have? Are you tagging couple out now? A couple minutes, a couple minutes. Okay. Let's let Dave – you have any questions before you go? Anything you want to ask of Brian? I'm going to switch to the Ask Me Anything section just in your honor since you have to catch a flight. Well, okay. Let's, let's go to the uh, – a lot of the folks that we um, run into here in Richmond, um, to some extent state or agency employees. Okay. So this is the Advantage 65 question, right? Mm-hmm. It's, uh, you know, I'm a state employee, part of my retirement benefits through VRS, mm-hmm. uh, Advantage 65, and it's this really great deal. Mm-hmm. And um, I guarantee that you would have a different answer to that. that and if you could briefly just share some of the, the caveats and things that they should be thinking about prior to just checking the you know, default box. That's a bad default box. So um, really quick rundown on the Advantage 65 plan. So one thing that a lot of people miss is they see how much it costs. All right, well, let's talk about cost. So the base plan for the Advantage 65 plan, not including dental, not including vision, let's carve that out for a moment, uh, in 2020 is going to be $273 a month. Okay. But that $273 a month that's going to come directly out of their VRS pension check is on top of the Medicare rate. So the Medicare rate is going to be $144.60 next year. So if I retire from the state next year, I'm going to pay $144 to Medicare, and then I'm going to pay $273 for VRS. It's like your supplement premium, basically, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. It's like an overpriced supplement. So how this works <laughs> is, <laughs> so the benefits are modeled after a plan G. So what the state did is they come out and they looked at exactly what's a really wonderful plan in the public sector. Well, plan G, a Medicare supplement plan G. Okay, well, how that works is a Medicare supplement plan G covers all of the 20% after Medicare pays their 80%, but Medicare won't pay their 80% until you met the Medicare deductible, and next year the Medicare Part B deductible is $198. So if I'm on the Advantage 65 plan, I use my Medicare card, my Anthem Advantage 65 ID card, I go to any doctor I want to go to, I pay my first $198, and I'm good. I don't pay a copay at a doctor, a copay for an ambulance, a copay for a specialist. I don't pay for blood work. That's a pretty sweet deal. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I'm paying $273 a month for it. Well, then let's talk about my drug coverage. Well, my drug coverage is currently through Express Scripts with the Advantage 65 plan, and I still have copays for drugs. All year long, I'm going to have copays for drugs. Okay. Well, that's the Advantage 65 plan. Hmm. Well, that sounds exactly like a. Medicare Supplement Plan G. 
So instead of me going on the Advantage 65 plan, I go out to the marketplace and I find out that a Medicare supplement plan G for a 65 year old person is right at a hundred bucks. So I buy a Medicare supplement plan for a hundred dollars. I buy a drug plan for $30. So now I'm paying $130. But you went to the HR department and you're paying $273. Everybody else was doing it. I know (laughs) that's the sheeple. So what then happens (laughs) is at this point, So now I'm immediately saving $140 a month, which I'm not that good at math, but what is that on a yearly basis? $1,800 is, you know. A lot. A lot. So $1,800 I'm saving per year. Instead of going on the Advantage 65 plan, $1,800 a year for 10 years, that's $18,000. Over 20 years of retirement, that's a lot of zeros, Yeah. Thirty-six grand. Well, yeah, I'm saving money, but how does my plan work? Hmm. It works like this. I have my Medicare card and my Medicare Supplement Plan G card. I go to any doctor I want to go to whenever I want to go. I give them my Medicare card, my supplement card. I pay the first $198 of my doctor bills. I'm at my deductible. Medicare pays 80%. Supplement pays the 20%. And I'm covered all over again, exactly like the same way my Advantage 65 plan would have paid. But then I got my drug plan, and I go down into my pharmacy, and I give them my drug plan. Oh, but it's a lot more customized because I can pick out of 29 different drug plans. I can pick the one that's really right for me instead of what the state thought was right was for me. So then I pay my copays at the drugstore. Works the same way. So I'm literally getting the exact same type of coverage, except I'm paying almost half. I'm saving $140 per person no per month. No other factors around Advantage 65 that make it not anything that's really. significantly no. different. I would think that with, you know, their purchasing power the state VRS, I guess, would be able to offer something either at a lower cost or what what's the news on on that? that? Cuz so it's a really popular option for retirees. Well, it's cuz they don't know their other options. So what happens is you got to think about all the retirees who retired from the state. So as a collective group of retirees who work for the state, how many people do you think that represents as the best guess that you guys would have? How many re- state retirees do you think there are in living? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like close to a million. Yeah. Oh, gosh, no, not even close to a million. $1. 25 people? Probably <laughs> maybe 30,000, maybe, you know, 40,000. Yeah. yeah, there's not a whole, I mean, there's not a significant, let's go, let's go with 100,000. Okay. Oh, okay. Let's, let's really blow it out, and there's 250,000 retirees. So if they all plugged into Charlottesville, they'd be more than the whole population of Charlottesville. Sure. Yeah. All right, so not going to happen, but let's just say. So there's 250,000 retirees from the state in this crazy example. Hmm. So they're spreading the risk of everybody's health care over 250,000 people. Small risk pool. Right. That's not very big considering, well, Humana might have millions of people Mm -hmm. and their Anthem has millions of people and all these others. So they're spreading the risk, the bigger companies, spreading the risk over more people. That's a great way to look at it. That's, yeah. So then you have fewer and fewer. And then the educated people who jump off of the Advantage 65 plan, well, now you have those making people smaller. who's making it smaller sure. and smaller. Okay. Yeah. So so two quick thoughts. Uh, and I know, Dave, you may have to jet at some point. But 
Uh, are there any, so someone's made the commitment to Advantage 65. And I, you, you, you used the bus analogy last time you were on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you get off that bus once you've started? Well, the bus analogy is for another type of program I called a Medicare is. Advantage I plan, which it, 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 it doesn't. Um, just because, and that's, and I really wish the state would change the name of the Advantage 65 plan if they would take the word advantage does, out of it. It does get confusing. It's yep. very confusing to healthcare providers, to the consumers, to everybody. But keeping that aside, um, no, they can they can leave the Advantage 65 plan. Now, I would suggest they start looking at that towards an October, November timeframe. Don't let it go until December mm. because then that's a fire drill and it's not really a And a you don't thing. sleep. <laughs> I don't sleep anyways, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. Um, okay. I've got a, as John says, jet, actually, yeah. literally, Brian. Thanks so much. Uh, nice Merry to Christmas. see you again. I hope you have a... Uh, <laughs> A little sleep coming to you after Thanks. the 23rd. Really appreciate this it. It's always great to have you here. Yep, Thank I'll you so much. look forward to seeing you again soon. All right. Safe travels, Dave. And Cecilia Fleming will be tagging in to the uh, co-pilot seat along with Mary Ami Pierce. So welcome to the party, Cece. Hi. Uh, hi. Hey, we saved the uh, – well, we'll talk about the Evo 5 a little bit later. So okay. I want to get back to something you said before. So the bus analogy. Mm-hmm. Um or the one that doesn't apply here. But you said they can get off. They can change. On the Advantage 65 plan. Are there penalties to coming into a supplement plan later? No. Higher premiums where there's no introductory. Like, for people who are listening, say, I'm on Advantage 65, and I totally get that thing that Brian said. Mm -hmm. I want out. Yeah. It can be done without any sort of recourse? Any recourse. The only two things is, um, are, are, whatever, better wording here so with the advantage 65 plan you have to do it at certain times of year okay. so you would really need to wait till the next enrollment cycle which starts okay. october 15th kind of thing but get prepared to do it okay. uh, but there's no recourse and penalties or premiums or additional things okay. or pre-existing conditions you can jump off of the advantage 65 and come over to a same kind of coverage same thing but just less money okay so that's that's reassuring to know that this mm-hmm. is one I don't want to say mistake, but one thing, one decision that can be undone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the the other thing is what they will tell you at the state is they'll say, well, if you leave it, you can't come back. Well, that's kind of like an embezzling CPA. Like, now if you leave me, you can't come back. Well, you've been embezzling money from me for a long time. No, thanks. I don't ever want to come back. Okay. You know, yeah. I wouldn't go back to that CPA. But it can be, you know, on the behavioral side, it can be very uh, difficult to, to leave the comfort of that It's a mind program. game. And, yeah. And, the uh, state hath provideth for a <laughs> long time, so I would need to stay with it. And it may no. not be intentional. Like, you know, I don't think it's the state intentionally doing so, but you mentioned it all gets back to risk pooling. And this is a smaller risk pool, so therefore the premium is higher. And one thing you didn't mention is that, Maybe you didn't. I just missed it. But that card that you were holding in your left hand—that mm-hmm. was your supplement. My card Medicare or your supplement plan. Advantage sixty-five card. Mm-hmm. It could both say Anthem on it. Right? Um, well, they have an Advantage sixty-five plan that is an Anthem right. plan, but they're currently their drug plan, their Part D, is okay. through Express Scripts, which okay. probably might be taken over um, by the Anthem okay. pharmacy management yeah. in the near future. But yeah, okay. my, my funny, horrible claim to fame, which is not very famous is the guy who used to actually oversee and run the entire Advantage 65 program for years and years and years. He retired. He didn't stay on the plan, and neither did his wife. They're my customer. You heard it here first. We're breaking the dirt on Medicare. So if he didn't stay on the plan, there's a very good reason why. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. 
Um, one other thing before we move on that you mentioned is you high, I, we asked about differences between the G plan and Advantage 65. And you said no major differences, but <laughs> Good pick up. I think people will ask. So at a high level, like what are some of those minor differences? Just so folks are aware. Here's the minor difference. So the minor difference is on the Advantage 65 plan. If you are hospitalized, you have a copay at the hospital. That copay is a hundred bucks. Literally, it's one hundred dollars. So at the end of the day. If you're hospitalized, $100 is not your problem. Yeah. So to pay a $100 copay underneath your Advantage 65 plan where you would not have that $100 copay yeah. under a Plan G, that's not the reason why I would look at changing because the Plan G does not make you pay the $100 copay. So that's that's it. That's the only so it's real... Actually, the Plan G is actually better than Advantage 65. <laughs> it is better and cheaper. So even more <laughs> of an argument to not be on it. I was thinking you were going to say the other thing, which oh, is no. well, the copays are higher on a supplement plan. No, not at all. Okay, the exact so. same, except for that one little hundred dollar copay. Okay. Well, that's that's ironic. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Um, okay. So let's transition now to. Um, uh, so, if if people were listening to this podcast before their sixty fourth birthday, they've started looking at things. They've worked with someone um, to get on the right plan. Mm-hmm. Um, now they're up and running. Mm-hmm. That first year, going into what we've kind of talked about open enrollment period, what does that first year look like um, for a, a new Medicare uh, beneficiary? Okay. So the first year when you're 65 and you're still kind of getting this thing figured out. So what ends up happening is you picked a plan, you're on your plan. Okay. For the most part, there are exceptions to every rule. So we're not going to talk about the exceptions, but the rule is once you get your plan, you get your plan. So I'll say for me, I'm born in March. So if I turn 65 in March and I pick my Medicare supplement and my Medicare prescription drug plan. So I have three cards. I have my Medicare card, my supplement card, and my drug plan. I go to any doctor at any time. No problems. Plans are good. And then comes the enrollment period, October 15th, but it starts earlier than that because Joe Namath pops up on TV and he starts and all the other brainwashing commercials start coming up around the end of September. And I start getting a little, you know, fidgety in my recliner and I start thinking, geez, what should I do? Well, now I'm getting phone calls and now I'm getting mail. What should I do? I don't know. I'm going to start talking to my friends. So then I start talking to my friends and trying to figure things out where if I liked my supplement and my drug plan, I wouldn't have to do anything. I'm not required to re-sign up. I'm not required to re-enroll. If I just ate turkey, wrapped presents, drank champagne, and woke up on January 2nd, life would be just fine, and I would be off to the races. Okay. So you don't have to do anything, but it makes it sound like you do. Okay. But now what if I wanted to? What if a plan I picked I didn't like? Or maybe I started taking a prescription that I wasn't taking before. I, maybe I had a heart attack, and now I'm taking Eliquis. That's an expensive medication. So what I'm going to look at is I'm going to leave my supplement plan alone. Just let it go. No big deal. But I am going to look at my drug plan because the only time of year I can change my drug plan is from October 15th until December the 7th, which is Pearl Harbor Day. Mm -hmm. So that's the time. People right now are seeing a lot of enrollment opportunities that end on the 15th of December. That's not for them. That's for Obamacare plans. 
December the 7th is the cutoff for Medicare changing certain plans. So I'm going to maybe look at the different drug plans. And if I want to change my drug plan, I'm going to change my drug plan. There's no problems, no issues. I switch a drug plan. My new drug plan starts in January and I'm off to the races again. No big deal. So for folks who who are happy with their plan and haven't had any changes in medical history or prescriptions, they can just let it go. If they have had a change, like you said, in that case, that would be the time that would trigger a, a reevaluation of their plan. Right. Okay. If you like it, just stay on it. Then they should call you on December 6th. <laughs> <laughs> they can call. Yeah. Um, you already booked up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, Is it only Medicare or prescriptions that you typically see people changing their plans or kind of what other things are triggering events for that change? Um Pretty much, um, they're going to be pretty much just because they took a different prescription that they're going to want to reevaluate it. Or maybe a new pharmacy like Powhatan, for instance, mm-hmm. um, a county in Virginia. So Powhatan recently got a few new pharmacies available. Mm-hmm. Well, now that a new pharmacy is right down the street from me, I might double check my prescriptions and maybe my new prescriptions against my current pharmacy with the new CVS that's there, because now I might be able to save a little money getting the exact same drugs for a lower cost. So there's that. Okay. But then there was a company, um, I won't name their name, but the uh, Big Green Insurance Company, who one of their drug plans went from $26 a month, and they just jumped it up to $54 a month. Now, everybody gets a huge increase. It's double. Well, husband and wife, that's... Not a, I mean, that's a $50 a month jump between the two of them. So at that point, when you get your annual notices of change booklet for your drug plan, I don't expect people to read the whole book, but maybe the first three pages, you flip it open and it was says right there that this particular company is going from $26 up to $54. And you might want to reevaluate that thing because the average prescription drug plan nationally is right around $34, $35. Sure, not $54, so I would reevaluate it if that happened. But other companies, they went down a dollar, went up a dollar. If your drug plan went up by a dollar, let it go. If it went down by a dollar, I'd probably just let it go. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm taking new prescriptions or if I started taking a name, dr- name brand drug, then, yeah, I would start reevaluating other than that i'm letting it go okay so start talking to a qualified professional before joe namath comes on tv <laughs> yes right? yeah get an idea uh, before you have to make a decision okay. that's, that's good to know it's a great tip um this may not be a medicare question per se but i'm going to ask you anyway this card is called a smart is it smart rx good rx good rx yeah great plan yeah so is what is that? Is, that's not a Medicare drug no, plan. That's just a no. general kind of drug plan, right? Oh, like, no, it's just a discount plan. Discount plan, okay. It, it's the equivalent of the Sunday paper on steroids. So remember the good old Sunday paper that used to show up and people would clip the coupons sure. and do all that kind of stuff? Well, that's Good RX. Okay. I have the best story for Good RX. So I will tell you that my wife's work husband, Andy, okay. Right, so we're hanging out with Andy. Watch out, Andy! Uh, yeah, I'm coming for you. So he and his wife are great friends of ours, okay. and we're hanging out in his backyard. And Andy um, says, "Oh man, I got to go pick up my kids 
medicine. I've got to be careful, I guess, some of this HIPAA stuff. So <laughs> I got to go pick up my kid's medicine. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it's 90 bucks. And I said, what are you talking about 90 bucks for that prescription? That's ridiculous. I said, look, man, hold on. I pull up the good RX on the internet, right on Safari, on my iPhone, you know, pull it up, look it up. And I said, where are you going? You going to CVS? Yeah, CVS. Okay, great. Hey, what's the milligrams? Put in the milligrams. I'm like, try $19.82. He goes, no, there's no chance that's $19. Well, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. Just try it out. Here's the coupon. He goes to CVS for something he was paying $90 a month every single month for years. And while he's there, he shows him the coupon. He comes back 19 bucks. Wow. It's just a discount program. Well, he's on a it's high like a deductible coupon. plan. It, it's that's, a coupon. That's, yeah. that's exactly what it is. It is a discount program. It is not insurance. Even if you have insurance. So this covers the 90% that may be coinsurance or out of pocket in, in this example, right? Oh, no, no. It's, it's independent of insurance. Right. So what happens is it's you're either using your insurance yeah. card or you're using the GoodRx yeah. coupon. Okay. So now that's a double-edged <clears throat> sword for me because right. my wife gets pink eye all the time. Well, I can file the $100 eye drops underneath my insurance, or I can pay $60 for the coupon. Now, for me, the $40 difference kind of stinks to pay that extra $40, but if I pay the whole $100 for those eye drops, the $100 is applied to my deductible. And as I keep paying copays that go towards my deductible, I will eventually meet my deductible. But if I use GoodRx, it doesn't go towards anything, not towards my deductible, not towards my insurance. I just got to save $40. So it is a double-edged sword. Okay. So a non-Medicare tip for all you younger listeners out there. Or even people on Medicare. Or, or on Medicare. Yeah. Because okay. some of those drug plans, you have a copay of $50, but the GoodRx is going to knock it down to 30 Okay. Well, yeah, that's great. Try it out. And it doesn't actually have to be a laminated card that you've seen in the parking lot of Walmart, which is the last time I saw those. <laughs> but there's a website, right, where you can go to and type in your stuff. It's yeah, a, probably yeah, it's a, a virtual very coupon. It's a virtual coupon. Okay. There's a big green button that says Get Coupon. You push okay. that button, good to go. Mariami's pulling up right now. <laughs> <laughs> She's getting uh, ibuprofen since I gave her a headache. My dad jokes. Oh, yeah, dad jokes. Um, <laughs> all right, so believe it or not, we're kind of down to our last five minutes. Oh, my gosh. Um, so I want to give, Brian, you a chance to uh, either answer your phone if you would like. Um, oh, gosh, no. Or um, we can chat um, about things that are on your – things you've encountered this open enrollment season or things that – uh, you think that listeners might care about um, either people who are getting ready to enroll for the first time or people who are, you know, contemplating whether their plan is right for them or just any nuggets in general that you may want to share with the listeners. So I would basically beg, plead, borrow, and steal for anybody and everybody that if they know people who are about to retire or thinking about retiring – and they're after the age of 65, have them call me. If they're already retired and they're about to come into Medicare, then have them call me because the worst thing that I actually, one of the worst things that I saw during this enrollment period is because so many people are confused about insurance in general and the letters that people receive are really confusing. So the worst thing that I saw was there was a guy who was currently on an Affordable Care Act plan. Well, those of you who know how Affordable Care Act plans work, the lower your income, the bigger your discount. Well, if you're a 64-year-old man in the city of Richmond, one of the cheapest 
Affordable Care Act plans, the Obamacare plans, is about $900 a month with no discounts. But see, he was 64. He didn't have a whole lot of income. So instead of paying $900 a month, he was only paying $30 a month. So he was getting an $800 plus a month discount, $870 a month. Well, he was currently on his Social Security. And when you're currently on a Social Security income before you turn 65, when you turn 65, you're automatically enrolled into Medicare. Well, the problem with being automatically enrolled into Medicare is you get the letters ahead of time that says, hey, by the way, Medicare is going to be $144 a month. And you think, no, no, 144 I'm paying 30 for my Affordable Care Act plan. And then the Medicare card that shows up says, if you don't want to pay the $144, if you don't want Part B, you can cancel it. So he canceled it. Well, now that he's canceled Part B, he stayed on his Affordable Care Act plan. Well, his birthday was in February. The problem with an Affordable Care Act plan is you are not allowed to have an Affordable Care Act plan with the discounts and be eligible for Medicare. Oops. Mm -hmm. He canceled Part B. He was getting the discount, the $800 plus a month. So then in... April of the coming year, so technically this year, he was going to file for his taxes, right? That's what happened. People people wait till April. Mm -hmm. So he waits till April. He files his taxes. The tax person says, wait a second, you were supposed to go on to Medicare this year, which means you were not supposed to get the $800 plus a month discount, which means you had 11 months of $800 given to you that shouldn't have been given to you by the government. So the government wants over $9,000 in cash back. So the government's going to go ahead and garnish your Social Security wage and all kinds of other things. They're going to take your tax return and all this stuff. Oops, well, there goes nine grand. So then he thinks, well, heck, I can't have this Affordable Care Act plan anymore. What should I do? I'm going to go buy Medicare again. Oh, wait, Medicare ain't a gallon of milk. You just don't go down and pick that thing back up. See, when you don't have Part B and you have to go back and buy it when you have to go back and get it because you canceled it, you have to wait until the annual general enrollment period, which happens from from January 1st until March 31st. It's April. We're outside the window. He still has not had insurance, and he won't have any insurance. He's completely uninsured. So January, so next month, he's going to go down and enroll in Medicare. He's going to enroll back into January, but it's not going to start in January. His Medicare Part B will start in July, July 1st. Why's that? Because that's how it works. Okay. When you don't get Part B and you're supposed to, oh, and you right, sign right. up during the first quarter of the year, it starts in July. Well, now he technically will be out about a year and a half, two years, without having Part B as in boy, and he didn't have a drug plan. So he will actually have a late enrollment penalty for not having Part B and a late enrollment penalty for not having drug coverage. So all of a sudden he's going to be penalized the rest of his life, these two income or these two penalties, and reducing his income, but he also has to pay back nine thousand dollars worth of discounts that he should have never received. And for the, not knowing what he wasn't supposed to know. Yeah. Or what didn't know. Because logically it makes sense. Yeah. I'm paying thirty dollars, I'm okay with my plan versus hundred and forty four for Medicare. I think I'll take the thirty. 
oops. So this stuff is very complicated. And when he called into the different places, the different places says, well, you can, you can stay on it if you want to, which that's true. You could. They didn't lie to him. They just didn't tell him, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. these are the consequences to those decisions. So finding someone start early. Yeah. 64. Some of that. 64. Okay. All right. I want to look around here. Uh, see, you all have any questions? Uh, Evo fires? No, we covered them all. Yeah, Brian, Brian is like, a, yeah, he, he's got it all. Uh, <laughs> when it deals with oh, Medicare. We have our first call in. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah. Yes, that's funny. We'll, we'll, uh, the lines are closed. So, um, Brian Gay, thank you so much. It's always great having you here. We're glad we could Welcome. take you out of your 18-hour uh, routine for <laughs> one hour. And uh, we much think what you're doing is actually a great service to all of the people who need it, which is pretty much everyone who mm-hmm. gets to a certain age. So we wish you the best. And, thank uh, you. We hope to have you back again real soon. So Anytime. Brian Gay, everybody, thank you. Thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah. Thank you. All right, so for all you out there listening, um, thanks for checking out this <laughs> podcast, and uh, we'll see you back in a few weeks. Just remember, uh, if you're not already a subscriber, check us out on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at Podcast. Until next time, take care of yourselves. Have a great holiday.